This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Pro-Palestinian virtue signalers shut down traffic in downtown LA, and in case you were wondering, their stunt did absolutely nothing to benefit the people of Gaza or anyone else anywhere in any way. The show starts now. Would you just look at that so-called pro-Palestinian protesters bringing rush hour traffic in L.A. to a halt for more than an hour yesterday morning before being plucked off the freeway by CHP like the adult-sized infants they are. 75 of these idiots were arrested, but given it's California and all, don't expect much to come of that. They got what they wanted out of it, though. Not a ceasefire in Gaza, but attention. That's why they were out there, that and because they likely don't have actual jobs or real responsibilities to attend to at 9 a.m. on a Wednesday morning, unlike the thousands of people whose day they ruined by blocking traffic and causing a massive freeway backup. You know, gas is expensive enough in California without having to idle in place for an hour due to some virtue-signaling nincompoops who would likely not be able to find Gaza on a map. What if someone had a medical emergency while in that traffic standstill? These people are no different than the idiotic climate change protesters who destroy artwork or throw paint on Christmas trees in the name of Mother Freakin' Earth. Start showing these people some good old-fashioned consequences and I'd be willing to bet they would stop. None of these people would lift a finger to do anything substantive. It's about attention and scratching that narcissistic itch. But speaking of those two things, exactly, if you need a good laugh or maybe a good cry or a reason to pray for humanity, I'd suggest looking up the libs of TikTok and you'll find a treasure trove of content like this. I'm a trans girl and I just want to pee in peace, but I'm afraid someone will see me and then call the police. I'm not some pervert attacker, I just need to empty my bladder, so I'd really love it if you let me be. Repeat after me, I'm not afraid of my trans friends. I'm not afraid, afraid of my trans friends. I'm really afraid of cisgender men. I'm really afraid of cisgender men. I will let you pee in peace. I will let you pee in peace. Because I really don't want a UTI. Capiche? Oh, creative, but it's horrifying and no doubt a sign of severe mental illness, but it's becoming the norm, at least online. Joining me now is the foremost expert on this kind of content, God bless her, a fearless patriot who exposes the left, their pedophiles, and their insanity. One ridiculous video at a time. Libs of TikTok creator, Chaya Rychek. It's so great to have you. Obviously a huge fan of your content and your work. You know, I want to talk about kind of the origins of libs of TikTok. I know that you've told this story many times, but for those that haven't heard the story, how did this come about and how did it grow to such prominence that it's at now? Yeah, Tommy, great to be here with you. So I started during COVID um, because I was noticing all of these really entertaining kind of bizarre videos on TikTok where people were like idolizing Dr. Fauci um, and kicking two-year-olds off of planes for not wearing masks and trying to force people to get vaccinated. So I started uh, during really at the end of COVID sharing those videos that were COVID related 
Um, and then once I was, I was spending so much time on TikTok and I came across all this other content, um, which was teachers pushing transgenderism on kindergartners and like doctors talking about transition, helping kids transition and uh, just these like radical LGBTQ and trans activists um, pushing uh, transgenderism and, and pronouns. And, and I thought it was just so um, bizarre. And I, I felt like I needed to start sharing it because I, it, it didn't seem like people knew what was really going on. Um, so I started sharing it to raise awareness. What's interesting is that people hate you and they hate your social media profiles, but I'm not really sure why, because they are posting this content proudly themselves. You are simply repurposing it to show the world and, and really give them extra exposure for their insanity and their mental illness. So are you surprised at how much hate that you get simply for creating this content or repurposing this content or do you think that maybe they should be sending you a fruit basket because you're helping them get more views? I don't know. I would think maybe the latter. I, I mean, I will say, I think I deserve some commission from TikTok and the free advertising I do for them. Sometimes these TikTokers will post follow-up videos like thanking me for getting them so many views. So, um, so that's always great to see. Um, but I think that the majority of them, like they, they want to live in their bubble where only people who agree with them see their content. Um, and they just don't know what to do with themselves when other people who might not agree with them can see their content. Um, but I think that at the end of the day, the, the main point is that their own content um, does not hold up to scrutiny and they actually discredit themselves. And that's just really difficult for them to watch. Do you think that these people that are posting these videos, like the one that I, I just played, I have more to play in a minute, but do you think these people are posting this because they actually believe what they're doing is artistic or what they believe that they're doing is somehow helpful, entertaining? Or do you think that they are doing it purely for the attention? Because you see some of these videos, people thinking that they're cats, people you know using litter boxes, people that think they're fox gender. You look at this and you think, okay, these people are just showmen and they, they want attention. What do you think after watching so many videos? What do you think the majority of this content is really about? What's the root cause of this? I think the root cause is a mental health crisis in our country. Um, and it manifests in so many different ways. Um, Attention-seeking behavior, um, you know, deciding to, to change your gender, um, wanting to sexualize and groom kids, maybe because of some issues that that these people themselves are having, um, they're projecting onto other people. Um, but the, the narcissism on TikTok, I think that at the end of the day, it's all rooted in a serious mental health crisis that we have in this country that I do not believe is being addressed properly. Uh, you're exactly right about that one. You mentioned the pedophilia and some of these videos that are intended to groom children. There's somebody that lives of TikTok posts often, somebody I've seen on numerous accounts, kind of whistleblower conservative accounts, but it's this person, this Jeffrey Marsh. I have a video I want to play for those that are not familiar. Uh, very disturbing, though. This is like really a series of videos. Here's just one, and then I want your take on this person, this they, them. Let's take a look. If you go no contact with a family member, you'll feel worse. Right where you are now, where the relationship is now, is an equilibrium. They get to do whatever the heck they want, and you deal with it. 
If you go no contact, the rules change, you're unmoored, there's no sense of safety and sense of place, and what comes in sometimes to flood that void is guilt. But eventually, the guilt subsides, you work through it, you're kind to yourself, and on the other side is peace. This person is very disturbing. I mean, there are so many videos I've seen, libs of TikTok and others post with this Jeffrey Marsh person. But this, I mean, this to me is just really outright grooming. You've seen this person a lot. What do you make of this, I guess, this online persona this person has created? So what's unique about Jeffrey Marsh is that he has a lot of content, which basically says out loud <laughs> what the entire grooming agenda is. Um, and it basically starts with cutting a child off from their parents. Um, and he has so many videos where he encourages kids and other people to cut off contact with their parents and their families. Um, so it's rare that we see them basically saying outright what their entire plan is. Um, so it's really, um, I think it's obviously very creepy, um, but it, it it's really he provides an important kind of uh, context if you want to understand the, the whole grooming agenda. Um, and this, I actually wrote a, a kid's book on this, which basically like uh, teaches kids to be able to spot that predatory behavior. Uh, so, so the grooming that we're seeing in schools and, and in hospitals, um, it starts with cutting out the parent. And there are schools that are actually putting in policies and guidelines that will say that, that kids can make decisions and we won't tell their parents. And that's where I think that most of the, the sexualization and the whole grooming agenda is coming from. And 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 I like to focus on that aspect um, because it, it's really important because that's it's the first step. What would you say is the goal of Libs of TikTok? Is it to entertain people? Is it to sound an alarm? A little bit of both? Because a lot of it is really entertaining for conservatives to watch and just point out and look at your typical liberal behavior. It does provide some comic relief, but it's also got a really serious core to it. What is the goal? What is your motivation? I, I think it's a little bit of everything. I want I want uh, all different types of people to come to Lives of TikTok for whatever reason they need. Um, some people get entertained. Some people follow me for news. Um, some people follow me so they can uh, get some guidance on on what to do in their kids' schools. Um, but I think that uh, for me, it's it's about raising awareness um, and it feels like no matter how much awareness we raise, there's still so much more to do. Um, I like to think that I'm reaching new people every day. Um, I'm sharing new stories every day. And I know that people follow me and they wait till their like city or their, their county is featured. Um, so, you know, I, I pull content from all over America, Canada, you know, from really anywhere. Um, and, um, the the problem is that the like the mainstream media they are obviously controlled by the left and for the longest time they're telling us that none of this stuff is happening um and it's basically i think every day it's getting harder and harder for them to be able to say that um at this point they're kind of defending it because they can't even say that anymore thanks to like independent journalists like like myself and so many others um but it's really like 
raising awareness um, and sharing important stories that I feel are in, that are very imperative to the national conversation and to taking back our country. Did you ever think that you would get this kind of attention from this account? I mean, you've had more than one run-in with AOC. Obviously, libs of TikTok is something that trends often, even on other social media platforms outside of TikTok itself. Did you expect this to happen? And since it has happened, what do you want to do with, I guess, your newfound fame? Because it is fame. It is notoriety. I mean, libs of TikTok has become, I don't know of a household name, but certainly on social media, it has become one of the foremost accounts. Yeah, I mean, it's not something I ever thought I would do. Um, I do feel like, uh, I feel like God put me in this position and guided my entire journey until, you know, where I am today. And I, I never could have imagined that I would be doing something like this one day. But now that I'm in this position, uh, I feel like it's a mission and I am going to do everything I can to, to, help with the mission to keep raising awareness, exposing and, and taking back our culture and our country. Um, but I just, I plan on continuing to do that. Um, we're going to keep sharing these stories. I'm going to keep continuing to be a mouthpiece for the average American, um, who doesn't have a platform like I do. Like I get tons of messages from, from parents and schools, from, from people, um, in, in their companies, like they're being force fed as DEI garbage stuff. Um, it's like, it's everywhere you go. And I feel like I kind of am a mouthpiece uh, for these people who don't have a platform and I could share their stories, share this content and continue exposing. Speaking of a platform, how much does censorship mess with you, whether it be on TikTok or when you post to Instagram, Twitter, uh, you know, all conservative accounts deal with it to some degree. I've been dealing with it for years. At certain times, it kicks up more than others. When I mention certain things that start with a C and end with a D or a V and end with an X, um, I get censored. And it's, it's quite obvious it happens to me. I would assume that you've dealt with that a lot. How do you navigate it? And how much do you think the algorithms mess with your content and your viewership? So first of all, I'm not on, on TikTok. I was banned from TikTok about a week after creating an account. Um, I Thankfully, Twitter is not really a problem anymore. God bless Elon Musk. Um, and Instagram, I get, I would say like every four posts gets flagged that they make me delete it. Uh, it's probably a matter of time till I'm permanently uh, suspended from Instagram just because I have so many violations. So for, what are those violations? That, that's my question. Is it copyright? Is it content? What is it that they're flagging? And, and what kind of videos are they flagging that's going to cause you to maybe get suspended or kicked off? So they're flagging anything that has any kind of violence. Um, so, for example, there's a there's a protest um, at, I don't know, a university or like, you know, those pro-Palestinian protesters are blocking off a uh, a highway again or calling for the genocide. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm a journalist, I'm a reporter and I, I'm reporting on it, but they flag it for me. So I can't, I can't, you basically can't report on, on news. Um, so anything with any kind of violence, like those, those, those videos with those like mass looting videos, um, you know, we see those every day, basically it, it happens in California, like multiple times a day. So I can't post those on Instagram, um, but I see other accounts could. Uh, it's just me that can't. Uh, so, uh, you know, sometimes there's TikToks where they're kind of violent, like threatening mm -hmm. uh, 
uh, violence against Republicans or against people that disagree with them. Um, you know, for me, I'm a reporter. I'm just, you know, this, I'm, I'm raising awareness and exposing it, but they'll flag that. Um, Facebook, we get flagged as well. So the interesting thing about, about Facebook is, um, and Instagram actually. So there's a problem in American schools with pornographic books in, Mm -hmm. in school libraries. And these books are in elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, all over the place. And if you post pictures of these books that are available in school libraries to minors, um, if you post the pictures on Instagram or on Facebook, they're going to flag it because it's sexual content. So they're going to remove it. So it's, it's too graphic for, um, adults scrolling Facebook, uh, but it's perfectly okay for middle school children. (laughs) Uh, just, just another form of hypocrisy. Yeah. Another form of hypocrisy. Also, we know that uh, child porn and pedophilia is rampant on social media platforms, whether it be the chat groups that facilitate it or the content itself. So interesting, which, which pages, which groups, which creators they choose to flag. I've obviously been a victim of this myself. I'm, I'm quite a, aware of it. I'm sure you are as well, how they mess with the algorithms. And it seems like after I say a certain thing about a certain thing, then all of a sudden it gets much worse. The view counts go down exponentially. People tell me they're not seeing me. They're not finding me. It's amazing how they're able to manipulate those things. Um, do you think that Elon Musk is on the right track with Twitter, or do you think that maybe the content has gone a little far? And I say that because doing my show and wanting to pull viral clips, there's been several instances where I see prominent accounts post something and it ends up being a fake or a parody and it's actually fake news and that's upsetting to me. I've noticed that a lot more on Twitter and that to me might be one of the downsides of kind of what has become a jungle on Twitter. Are you seeing any of that as well? I think that... um I think Elon is on the right track. Um, I think that before he bought Twitter, there was kind of like the the standard was that Republicans and conservatives could be discriminated against and could be censored. And he broke that pattern, which has been going on for decades, uh, which I think is incredible. So just just him buying Twitter and breaking that, I think made the censorship on all the other platforms go down a little bit. So that's that's amazing. Um, I think that, I mean, Twitter obviously still has issues. Um, I have a, I have a search suggestion ban right now, actually. Uh, sometimes it's throttled. Sometimes my posts will be demonetized uh, for like wor- trigger words, um, but we don't even know what the trigger words are. Right. So sometimes there's there's nothing even triggering in my tweet, um, but it will be demonetized. So I think there's, there's definitely a lot that needs to be fixed, but I believe that Elon is is working on it. I think he he wants to. He wants to make it right. He has mentioned a few times that there are there's so much code there and it's so embedded, so deep within all of their algorithms and systems that it's gonna, it's a lot of work to undo all the damage that that they did. Mm-hmm. Well, we appreciate you. We appreciate Libs of TikTok and all the content that you do put out there, whether it be entertaining or a warning for parents and, and kids alike. It's such an important work that you do in this content jungle. So thank you for everything that you do and for taking a lot of hard knocks on the chin because of it. We certainly appreciate it and appreciate your content. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you, Tommy. No appreciate problem. it. And, and happy holidays. All right, folks, don't forget to check out the new Outkick store where you can find all of your Outkick swag. For a limited time, you'll also get buy one, get one 50% off at checkout. All you have to do is visit shop.outkick.com. 
All right. Joe Biden tells that house fire lie again. Southwest will provide extra seats for fat people. And the mayor of Boston doesn't want any white people at her Christmas party. It's time for the losers of the week. Nobody, and I mean nobody, loves a tall tale quite like Joe Biden. In fact, he loves them so much that he tells them over and over again, almost as if he has dementia and can't separate truth from reality. Here he is yet again this week telling the story of the small kitchen fire that keeps getting bigger and bigger each time he tells it. It also saved my home and my wife's life. When I was away, it was the last day on that uh, the most famous guy doing Meet the Press uh, in Washington, D.C., and I was doing the program. And uh, what happened was uh, there was a lightning struck a little pond behind my house, hit a wire, came up through the basement of my home and three stories, and the smoke literally ended up being that thick, literally that thick. You've seen it. You guys have seen it. I wasn't there, and my wife was there, and my my dog and my cat, <laughs> and my 67 Corvette. Mm-hmm. Um, but all kidding aside, they saved my wife, got her out, saved my home. All right, well, according to a 2004 AP report, that fire was under control in about 20 minutes. If you recall, he's told this tall tale multiple times, including a few months ago when he used it to relate to Maui welfare victims who lost literally everything. But Joe was not done with his little stories this week. Oh no, here is one from 65 years ago. But we know this year's Hanukkah is different. It's been 65 years since the deadliest day of the Jewish people since the Holocaust. 65 years. You know, after October 7th, my father, a father returned to his kibbutz to salvage what he could from his home. What was left was in the rubble and ruin. The home, which which he had hidden with his wife and his daughter for 20 hours before being rescued. Yeah, you heard that correctly, I think. Um, Not only did he confuse 65 days with 65 years, he also recounted how his father, who's been dead for 20 years, survived the October 7th, 2023 terror attack in Israel. But he and his mental capacity are fine, just fine, I'm sure. Moving on to loser two this week, Southwest Airlines. You know, it's shaping up to be one of the busiest holiday traveling seasons. And speaking of shape, if you're too fat to fit in one seat, Southwest will gift you a full row to spread out your extra self. All right, so the really cool thing about Southwest Airlines is their customer of size policy. How it works is if you're a person of size, you can get two seats, even three seats, complimentary or reimbursed. So if you choose not to buy a second seat ahead of time, the day you get to the airport, you go up to the gate and you tell them that you think you're gonna need an additional seat. They will give you an additional seat pass or even two if you need it and it's available so that you'll have a complimentary second seat and third seat if needed. They've been known to set aside extra seats for special situations like this. And if there's not seats available for additional seating like you need, they will actually ask someone to transfer to a later flight and get reimbursed and a free ticket and everything like that. Now, if you chose to go the other route and buy a second or even third seat ahead of time, after you're done traveling, you can contact Southwest and request reimbursement. Yeah. 
As she said, this is part of the airline's customer of size, that's what we call it now, inclusion policy, which states that passengers of size have the option of purchasing just one seat and then discussing their seating needs with a customer service agent at the departure gate. If it's determined that a second or even third seat is needed, well, that person will be accommodated with a complimentary additional seat. And as she mentioned, customers can also pay for extra seats in advance and then contact Southwest for a refund of the cost of the additional seating after travel. You know what? This is a load of BS. Those of us who fit in one seat buy one seat and we get one seat, but those who spill over into multiple seats just get them for free. I didn't make y'all overweight and I sure as hell should absorb the cost of accommodating you either. And I love how Southwest has a fat inclusion policy, but during the COVID era wouldn't accommodate those of us who didn't want to wear a face diaper on a flight. But speaking of Inclusion, or a giant lack thereof, white hate continues in America, and here is just another example. Boston Mayor Michelle Wu is not dreaming of a white Christmas this year. In fact, she doesn't even want to celebrate in our presence. Yeah, the mayor's aide was supposed to send this invite to electeds of color only, but accidentally blasted it to white counselors as well. But once she realized her error, she sent out another email apologizing for the confusion and the possible offense these seven white members may have taken to being excluded from the party based on their skin color alone. Moral of the story, if your skin lacks melanin, I guess screw you. Those are my losers of the week from Nashville. God bless and take care.